You are now listening to Mark's Unexplained World by Mark the Medium via Hinkley Community Radio, a non-profit podcast radio station. Tonight's episode is about Mel's Hole, the Mysterious Infinite Pit. The legend that is Mel's Hole all started on the 21st of February 1997 when a man who identified himself as Mel Waters appeared as a guest on the online paranormal radio show called Coast to Coast AM with its host Art Bell. Mel Waters made a guest appearance on Art Bell's show twice in the February of 1997 and once in the year 2000 and again in the year 2002. Rebroadcasts of these appearances have helped create what has been described as a modern legend or rural myth. With an additional local legend claiming that the pit was cursed. The exact location of Mel's Hole has never been specifically revealed. However, there are several people who have claimed that they have seen it. During a later investigation, it was revealed that there was no such person as Mel Waters, listed as a resident in the area, and no credible evidence has ever been given that confirms the actual hole ever existed. Greetings, Unexplainers. A big thanks to all for tuning in again and listening to the upside-down and side-to-side world that is Mark's Unexplained World. My name is Mark Hughes. I am a psychic medium, a retired cartoonist and an all-round nice guy. In this episode, I'm going to be looking deep down into the story that is Mel's Hole, the mysterious infinite pit. Did you see what I did there? Yeah. And this week's necessary disclaimer. In this episode, I do touch on someone losing a pet and some experiments with live animals. So it may prove upsetting to some, but as usual, you listen at your own discretion. Also, all opinions and comments are strictly my own, but the facts still remain. I also apologise if I pronounce anything incorrectly. My English, although it is my first and only language, is for entertainment purposes only. So, let's see what we can all dig up from this story. (laughs) See, I did it again there, look. According to this person calling himself Mel Waters, this pit was a natural hole in his property in Kittitas County, Washington, which is located approximately nine miles from the town of Ellensburg. He used to use this pit as his own personal dumping ground, tossing general rubbish and crap into the hole. Over time, however, he started to notice that he never actually heard any of the rubbish that he was throwing away 
hit the bottom. Eventually, curiosity about the depth of the hole got the better of Mel Waters and he decided to do an experiment. First, he found a used fishing rod with a weighted line and then dropped the line into the pit to measure its depth. But, to his amazement, he found that even though the fishing line had gone down as far as 80,000 feet, it still hadn't hit the bottom. A bottomless pit that is deeper than 80,000 feet would be strange enough. However, Mel Waters had more to talk about when it came to discussing this very unusual place. One of the claims he made was that the seemingly bottomless hole did not produce any echoes when he yelled into it. And not only that, but he noticed that there was no there was also no sound after large trash items such as refrigerators and television sets were thrown into the pit to confirm that they had hit the bottom. He also claimed that one of his neighbours threw the carcass of their dog who had unfortunately passed away earlier into the pit. However, just a few days later, the neighbour was somewhat amazed when he saw his dog in some nearby woods alive and well. The neighbour claimed that he could tell it was his own dog simply because it was wearing the same collar. However, the bad news was that uh, unfortunately the dog showed no signs of recognising his owner and did not respond to his calls. When it came to Melwater's own dogs, they would refuse to go anywhere near the area and as for any birds, they never sat on its stone retaining wall or metal cover as you would normally expect. Another thing that was pretty unusual was that when Mel Waters decided to bring his radio to the site, he stated he couldn't tune into his usual favourite radio station, but instead the radio played unknown voices and old music. Mel Waters went on to describe many of his experiments at the pit, which e with each experiment producing more and more unsettling results. One of Melwater's early experiments detailed him as lowering a bucket of ice down to around 1500 feet. And then after a few moments, he would lift the bucket out only to find to his amazement that not only was the ice warm, but it didn't melt, claiming that the ice had changed into a flammable substance. The warm ice was not the only experiment to defy the laws of science. Probably one of Mel Water's most outrageously disturbing claims was when he lowered a live sheep into the hole, as he did with the experiment using the ice bucket, again to around 1500 feet. The sheep, quite naturally, kicked and shrieked all the way down, and then all of a sudden, it stopped. No noise, nothing. So, after a few moments, Mel Waters pulled the sheep out of the pit, only to find that the animal had been cooked. But he also noticed that the poor animal had developed 
what could only be described as a strange lump, which, to Melwater's utter shock, started to move about. He cut open the strange lump and found a fetal seal that he said looked at him with what he could only describe as, and I quote, intelligent human-like eyes. This strange lump, though, didn't really hang around for very long, because no sooner had Mel Waters cut the thing out, it jumped straight back into the pit. Now, to be honest, there seems to be a little bit of a mixed opinion regarding this strange lump that was cut out of the cooked sheep. According to Mel Waters, the lump went straight back into the hole. However, some of the local sheep herders say that they saw it running around their own fields, claiming that it radiated a benevolent presence. Mel Waters also went on to say that this strange lump had somehow miraculously cured his cancer. After this first short break, in part two, we will look at Mel Waters' strange phone calls to the Art Bell's paranormal radio show called Coast to Coast. This show is brought to you courtesy of Neil Packer and the Haunted Antiques Paranormal Research Centre. Find them online at www.hauntedresearchcentre.com or at 9211 Regent Street, Hinkley, LE101AW. Open on Saturdays from 10am to 4pm for guided tours of the haunted rooms at just £3 per person. Booking is essential at all times and over 16s only please unless accompanied by an adult. The haunted rooms are extremely haunted and paranormal activity could and has taken place at any time. Some areas and particular objects or items can be quite scary and unnerving. Membership is available for £25 to qualify for selective offers. And why not download the app available on both iOS and Android for only three ninety nine to keep up to date with what is coming up at the centre. According to Wikipedia, Arthur William Bell III, or better known as Art Bell, was an American broadcaster and author. He was the founder member and the original host of the paranormal themed radio program Coast to Coast AM, 
which is syndicated on hundreds of radio stations in the United States and Canada. He also created and hosted its companion show, Dreamland. Coast to Coast still airs nightly, as at the time of writing this show. In 2003, Art Bell semi-retired from Coast to Coast AM, and during the following four years, he hosted the show for many weekends on Premier Networks. He announced his retirement from weekend hosting in 2007, but occasionally served as a guest through, a uh, guest sorry, a guest host through 2010. He started his new nightly show called Art Bell's Don't Matter on Sirius XM Radio, that aired for just six weeks in 2013. In 2015, he returned to radio with a new show called Midnight in the Desert, which was available online via TuneIn as well as some terrestrial radio stations. He finally retired on December the 11th in 2015, citing security concerns at home. Bell was the founder and the original owner of Parump-based radio station KNYE 95.1 FM. His broadcast studio and transmitter were located near his home in Parump, where he also coasted Coast to Coast AM. Art Bell died on the 13th of April 2018 at the age of 72 at his home in Parump, Nevada. On the 1st of August 2018, the coroner's office stated that Art Bell died of an accidental overdose from a cocktail of prescription drugs. And on an interesting side note, Coast to Coast AM is an American late night radio talk show that deals with a wide variety of topics. Most frequently, the topics relate to either the paranormal or conspiracy theories. It was hosted by creator Art Bell from its inception in 1988 until 2003 and is now currently hosted by George Newry, again at the time of writing this show. The programme is distributed by Premier Networks, which is a subsidiary of iHeartMedia both as part of its talk network and separately as a syndicated programme. The programme now airs seven nights a week from 1 to 5 a.m. Eastern Time Zone. It appears on over 600 affiliated, uh, sorry, affiliates and has repeatedly been called the most popular overnight show in America. So... Let's peer deeper into Mel's hole. See, I did it again there, look. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> when Mel Waters called into Art Bell's hit syndicated radio show, Coast to Coast, back in 1997, to tell the world about Mel's pit, he was contacting the very well-established host of a very well-known show that featured tales of the paranormal and the unexplained. Mel Waters knew that his strange story would be heard by the right audience. In addition to the 1997 call to Art Bell's Coast to Coast show, Mel Waters appeared on the show again in 2000 and also in 2002. Each time he told more and more sensational claims about his strange pit. 
and one of the first calls Mel Waters made to Coast to Coast, he claimed that the first settlers in the area had named it the Devil's Hole. Also, at one time, according to Mel Waters, he once witnessed what he could only describe as a black beam of light shoot out from the hole into the sky. And one of the other things that Mel Waters told Art Bell was that in his will he himself wishes to be thrown down into the pit. He also claimed that if he held any metal objects near the nine foot wide opening of the hole they would magically transform into other metals. So a sort of alchemy I suppose. Though personally, I think he probably went a little too far with some of these claims, as they were enough to arouse curiosity along with suspicion and scepticism with the coast-to-coast -coast listeners. Another of Mel Waters' claims, which only added more fuel to the already burning controversy to his pit, was that the government was covering up the strange mysteries that were going on at Mel's Hole. With all his talk and the coast-to-coast -coast interviews, the subject of Mel's Hole eventually got big enough for the federal government deciding to get involved. As Mel Waters recounted in one of his later calls, and I quote, I was heading towards the hole one day when a man in a suit approached me and said that the area had been closed off due to a plane crash. Waters described seeing men in biohazard suits standing all around the area. He was then told by one of these suited officials that he was no longer allowed near the pit. Mel Waters also claimed that the government leased the land and gave him a very generous amount of money to vacate the property altogether. So, Waters, accepting the generosity of the government, quickly moved to Australia. And of course, all this talk about a government involvement significantly sorry, increased interest in the urban legend. In one of Mel Waters' final calls to Coast to Coast, he claimed that after living for two years in Australia, he had decided to come back to Washington, despite being warned by the government not to return. He then said that two weeks after returning, police officers physically removed him from a bus and left him out on the streets of San Francisco. He also said that he had several missing teeth, IV marks on his arm, and no memory of what transpired as to how he got them. Mel Waters somehow managed to continue his return to his hometown, but always felt that strangers were stalking him. On an interesting side note, IV marks, or the appearance of track marks, is one of the telltale signs of frequent intravenous IV drug use. They occur at the injection site and lead to collapsed veins. Often, track marks are the sign of long-term substance abuse.
after his return, Mel Waters did a little research on his land. He discovered that it had been taken over by the government and found the region had actually been erased on an early mapping system called TerraServer. And yet another interesting side note, TerraServer was a commercial website specialising in aerial and satellite imagery, which was originally launched in 1997. It is owned and operated by TerraServer.com Incorporated in Raleigh, North Carolina. The company was previously named Aerial Images until May 2002 when the assets of Aerial Images were sold and the company renamed itself. After this second short break in the final part of the case, we will look at where the pit might be located, some of the theories behind this urban legend, and take a further look into holes generally. See what I did again there, look. <clears throat> Fright Nights was established in 1999 as the first company in the world to offer overnight ghost hunt experiences to the general public, pioneering paranormal events since the last century. Fright Nights operate at hundreds of the UK's most haunted and exclusive venues. All events have their own team of experienced paranormal investigators, mediums and psychics. They have a VIP members club for regular returning guests, offering loyalty discounts and exclusive invitation only events. They can also host private events for your family and friends. You can contact them on 07 852 998 628 or email them at office at frightnights.co.uk or take a look at their website at www.frightnights.co.uk where you can see the many locations they investigate and learn about them and the opportunities they have available. Hundreds of ghost hunters join Fright Nights every month for the most thrilling ghost hunting experiences they'll never forget. If you haven't been on a ghost hunt before, then why not join them to see what it's all about? Why not visit their social media sites for up-to-date information on all the places they visit and to see what's coming up in the future. They look forward to seeing you all soon. Fright Nights Ghost Hunting Events. Remember, only the original will do. course several people over the years who have claimed to have seen Mel's Hole. One such person was a gentleman called Gerald R. Osborne, who uses the ceremonial name of Red Elk. Red Elk told reporters in 2012 that he was he has visited Mel's Hole many times since 1961. However, 
When he was leading an exhibition of 30 people to Mel's Hall back in 2002, Gerald R. Osborne, or Red Elk, was unable to find the hole or even the location. Red Elk has made various claims regarding Mel's Hole over the years. One of these claims is that the government maintains a top secret base in the area and that it is within the location that alien activity is said to occur. Red Elk, aka uh, Gerald R. Osborne, was an intertribal medicine man. He was self-described as a half-breed Native American white or both the, of both the Blackfeet and, Sosh and Soshone nations, as well as parts of Irish and French. He was also a member of the Hayoka Society, a contrarian group of Native Americans who do not follow the normal path of mankind. Red Elk was one of the 12 inner Hayoka members. He was also one of the nine members of the Red Web Society, who are working to bring the understanding of many hidden sacred teachings to the people of Earth. And he was also an honorary member of the Cherokee Nation's Twisted Hair Society. There are, of course, hundreds of deep holes and pits found at various locations around the globe, or, if you're a flat earther, across the flat. But none have ever been found to be as deep as Mel's Hole, which, according to Mel Waters, was said to be at least 80,000 feet deep. The deepest known cavern at the time of writing this show is the very sorry I'll try that one again is the Veryovkina cave in Veryovkina in the Gargram mountain range of the western Caucasus and it is only 7,257 feet deep and the deepest mine shaft in the world is owned by Goldfields Limited in South Africa and is currently extracting from around 3,500 meters which is a rounded figure of 11,482,940 feet. In 1989, the Russians drilled a bore hole to the depth of 40,230 feet and named it the Kola Super Deep Bore Hole. But that is still only half of the depth that Mel Waters claimed his pit had reached. talk about Mel Waters' bottomless pit has remained steady over the years, what with repeats of his calls made to the Coast to Coast radio show all those years ago. I have put several links of the Mel Waters radio interviews from Coast to Coast on my Mark's Unexplained World Facebook group uh, for your listening pleasure. And of course, this was not the end of the Mel Waters story. He has also said that he found a nearly identical hole in the Badlands of Nevada. The Badlands of Nevada are a type of dry terrain where softer sedimentary rocks and clay-rich soils have extensively eroded. 
They are characterised by steep slopes, minimal vegetation and high drainage density. Ravines, gullies, butts, hoodoos and other such geological forms are all in common with the badlands of Nevada. This other hole apparently had a metal ring that extended down into the ground instead of a brick lining, but his experiments at this second site produced similar results. However, during my research, this is the only detail I can find regarding this second hole. There are, of course, all sorts of weird and strange areas from around the world. For example, just to name a few, the catacombs in France, Thor's Well in the USA, and of course, the mysterious hole on the Oregon coast. And I think supporters of Mel Waters believe that he just may have stumbled upon one of these mysterious locations. In 2012, a Facebook poll from the Daily Record asked people whether they believed Mel's Hole was real or not. I did try to find the final results, but uh, they've eluded me. Sorry. Back in 2018, some people from Reddit shared various coordinates of possible locations for Mel's Hole and have tried to organise various groups to get together in search of this elusive pit. Also, if you are interested, during my research, I did find a Facebook group dedicated to finding Mel's Pit. It's called Mel's Hole Ultimate Search Club. Interestingly enough, a local news reporter who investigated the claims found no public records of anyone named Mel Waters and that no one of that name had ever resided in or owned property in Kittitas County. According to the State Department of Natural Resources, a geologist named Jack Powell explained that a hole as deep as 80,000 feet was a geological impossibility. He claimed, and I quote, it will collapse into itself under the tremendous pressure and heat from the surrounding strata. Jack Powell also added that an ordinary old mine shaft on private property was probably the inspiration for the stories. And he also commented by saying that Mel's Hole had established itself as a legend based on no evidence at all. Even so, after all this time, we still don't know to this day the exact location of Mel's Hole, or if it even exists. Thank you all for taking the time out to listen to this episode of Mark's Unexplained World. In our next episode, show 63, we are going to be looking at the missing Fort Worth trio. The Missing Fort Worth Trio refers to an unsolved missing persons case that began on the 23rd of December 1974 when three girls named Mary Rachel, 
Trilka, Lisa Renee Wilson and Julie Ann Mosley went missing while Christmas shopping at the Seminary South Shopping Centre in Fort Worth, Texas in the United States. The case shocked the Fort Worth community and left the families of the girls to adjust to life without their children. Thousands of leads have been followed, dozens of searches completed and hundreds of people interviewed. But all attempts to find the girls have proven fruitless. The girls have never been seen since. This show was written and researched by myself, Mark Hughes, and proofread and edited by Linda Hughes. The actors in this episode were Mark Hughes, Linda Hughes, and Denise Pooler. With special thanks to Neil Packer and the staff at the Haunted Antiques Paranormal Research Centre in Hinckley. And a big thanks to everyone for listening. Mark's Unexplained World, because there's more to the paranormal than meets the third eye. And remember guys, keep it real because being real is better than being perfect. This show and all its contents are covered by basic copyright of Monk the Medium. <laughs>